0: Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Hey Kieran, you know the guy you love, the main hero, the person you've been following this whole time? I never claimed to love any guys. What would you say if it turned out that he killed a kid? With a plant. That bastard. Yeah, I know. I have bet no you didn't idea. see that happen. Oh, I know what you're referring to. When he to spun now. the bottle and it yeah, showed. Yeah, 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 okay, stop giving it away. <laughs> and if you didn't want to know that, Kieran and listeners, well, you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. For a TV show. Potentially. Yeah, well, we're broadening our <laughs> yeah. uh, range here. We're
1: running out. We're running out of films to spoil. And speaking of this week, rather than looking at a movie that is coming out in the future, we're actually segue, by the way. <laughs> yes, we're actually drawing from our own well and coming up with an original concept.
0: Yes, Hollywood can't produce enough movies for us to digest and yes. and predict. So we're going into our own well and seeing what we can come up with. We have fifty
1: planned podcast episodes this year. Mm. Now there aren't fifty big name podcasts blockbuster movies coming out throughout 2019. So, we're going to have to start talking about other stuff in between movies. Now, of course... We're going to take people's recommendations on board We're going to start revisiting movies that we've already predicted in the past And see how close we got But before we can do that, we want to wait until the movie comes out on rental So everyone has the opportunity to see it And we can really dissect and digest it Before yeah. attempting to talk about it in any capacity
0: Plus it's uh, a little unfair for people who haven't seen the movie we Yeah, start exactly. yammering on about it Yes, so we
1: want to give everybody the opportunity to watch the movie Before we sit down and potentially <laughs> spoil it for everyone <laughs> Exactly But let's get into what we're talking about this week Week. So, if you heard the end of our last episode, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, you'll remember that Manny D channeled his DD skills and rolled a die and picked from a selection of random categories and movies. And he ended up rolling on a spin off series mm-hmm. or a spin off movie from the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. So, quite like Star Wars before it, we're pretending that we live in a world where Lord of the Rings has come back in a big way and they want to start doing spin off stories.
0: Come back in a big way. It's never left. We just had The Hobbit a few years ago. What are you talking about? (laughs) That massive success, The Hobbit. People went and saw it. Yeah. Got Game of Thrones going. People have a thirst for that world.
1: Is Game of Thrones the same world as Lord of the
0: Rings? No, it's not. But like, you know, fantasy umbrella, it's all cool.
1: So, you're saying that people would accept a Lord of the Rings spin-off yep. with open arms, the same way that they would, say, a Star Wars story.
0: Well, didn't they say that they're releasing a Lord of the Rings TV show? That's coming up. I think they are. Yeah. So, wow. There you go. There's an audience for it.
1: You'd know more about it than I would, being a long-time Lord of the Rings fan. Mm. Is that something we should get into straight away? Perhaps what is you your history, Matty D, with Lord of the Rings? Mm. Now, of course, any long-time <laughs> Matty D and Kieran fans <laughs> will recall that in our old podcast Best Movie Quest, still available on iTunes. We have talked Lord of the Rings before. I think Mm -hmm. we discussed in depth our history with that, but for any of you who haven't heard it, I'm sure we can repeat it now. Yeah. So if you want to hear us talk Lord of the Rings again, feel free to go download our Return of the King episode. But yes, back to potential spoilers. Back to
0: potential spoilers. Yeah, we did do a podcast on that. So me and Kieran, we have very strong opinions on Lord of the Rings. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. My opinions are very positive. I really loved this franchise when it came out. Uh, My history of it is I saw it in cinemas. It was a big thing when it hit the big screen and I fell in love with it because no one had ever seen anything like it before. And I got invested in the characters. Me and a lot of my friends, we really every now and again we'll watch all three movies together. I've sat through the extended editions in a right? cinema. Yeah, I've sat through in cinemas and actually watched the whole extended edition. My friends, as I've probably mentioned before, play a Warhammer series based around Lord of the no, Rings. No, I don't think
1: you've mentioned this.
0: Yeah, fan of the movies. What about the book series? Yeah, I like the book series as well. I never finished the Lord of the Rings books, though. Really? No. Okay. But I still liked them as what I read of them. But yeah, I really love this world that Mister Tolkien created. Um, what about the Hobbit movies? So I wasn't a, a massive fan But you know They were what they were I was really disappointed Because that's actually a book I really love And I was excited A bit sceptical But I was mostly excited When they introduced it And I didn't feel like They did it It was going to be a duology Originally wasn't it yeah. But then they stretched it out
1: Somehow so, Into a trilogy
0: I feel like they made This perfect series of movies Which was The Lord of the Rings That did the feel Of the story justice And was really good A real masterpiece and For cinema
1: Peter Jackson The director actually fought to present the movies in the same way that that's right. the it, books are, basically, in their own individual chapters, because the studio originally only wanted to do two movies.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he fought on a lot of points like that, but yeah, they ultimately wanted it to be like one movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, that came But we out can't was... say the same thing for The Hobbit. No, because I, I was kind of disappointed, because I was looking forward to The Hobbit, and, and it just turned out to be a, I guess you could say, a Lord of the Rings spinoff, almost, but yes. um, and that's not more, what I... More so than it should have been. That's not what I wanted to see, so I was a bit... I And I went with people who loved it, but I was a bit sad. I was like, this is okay, but it can be so much better because that's a really cool book. Yes. But yeah, that's my history with it. I have a really soft spot for it. I love these movies, which is why it's hard for me to do this show because ultimately I want to do it justice. Um, Oh, okay. This is
1: why you've been so stressed this last
0: week. I have been because with the lore of Tolkien, it's so detailed. Like that guy was incredible. I'm going to screw it up. (laughs) You want to live up to the expectations as a fanboy. Yeah. Well, I know I'm not going to. But anyway, that's my history is probably the same as everybody else's. I love it. Those movies were one of my favorite movies. Certainly, the best trilogy I think. But one of my favorite movies ever.
1: So it still holds up as one of absolutely. your favorite movie series today. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I tear up when I watch it each time. So
1: I just want to remind everyone that Matty D. This was actually Matty D.'s idea to do Lord of the Rings as a spin off. So, yeah. If this was so stressful, then why decide to put because it as a potential one anyway? I
0: couldn't think of anything else. And I was like, this has a lot of potential. This has a lot of opportunities. We basically had a list of 60 movies yeah, and it could have been any it one been of them. any of them. So I just, but it
1: would just happen to be Lord of I the Rings. I just jotted
0: it down. And as you'll hear in the podcast, when that gets rolled, I'm like, damn. That's yes. not what I wanted it to be. How about you? What's your history, Kieran? For
1: some reason, the common conception of my fandom of Lord of the Rings has typically been that I don't like it.
0: I so don't think you don't like it. Yeah,
1: I think if people just listen to our best movie, Quester, episode, they presume that I haven't been a fan. But believe it or not, I read The Hobbit book when I was very young, enjoyed that very much. And then, of course, naturally went on to read The Lord of the Rings books. This was before they were ever turned into films. Didn't really warm to those books in the same way as I did The Hobbit. I guess it was more kid-friendly, The Hobbit, where The yeah, definitely. where Lord of the Rings series was a bit more mature. So, when the movies came out, I was sort of interested. Fantasy has never really been my main point of interest, So, while I wasn't excited to see the movies, I still ended up watching them when they were released on home media.
0: You didn't watch them on... um...
1: Cinema? No, I didn't see any in in the cinemas. Just wasn't interested enough. But in saying that, though, when I did eventually watch them when they were released on DVD, video, VHS, whatever was available at the time, I actually enjoyed them very much. I thought they were very enjoyable. And I still enjoy watching them from time to time now. The Hobbit movies? Not the Hobbit movies, Lord of the Rings movies. Hobbit movies, I tried to watch the first one, couldn't do it, so I haven't seen any of the other two movies. From what I understand, they diverge from the story a fair bit. Yeah. But, while they're not my favourite movies of all time, I still really do enjoy watching the Lord of the Rings movies. I really like the soundtrack. I think a whole lot more Great than, soundtrack.
0: More than the, maybe the movie itself. You can appreciate it though, right? Because yeah, they, absolutely. Because they did a lot of stuff that was groundbreaking. The way they built that world and the yes, attention absolutely. to detail is amazing. Yeah.
1: I think when we reviewed Return of the King, that was a bad one for me personally because it's my least favourite of the trilogy.
0: I think you said that too. I know
1: it's your favourite, but yeah. I definitely prefer the other two a lot more. Well, so I feel it
0: builds up to it.
1: I I have seen the second one I think maybe four times Mm. in total and the other ones I've seen maybe once or twice each. Right. Yeah, like I said, I still enjoy them any time I watch them. So, I don't really have anything bad to say about them. They're still not really my kind of movie. Quite like with superhero movies. Mm. They're not on high rotation over it, at Chateau Le Kieran.
0: It's not Tarantino enough for
1: you. No, I guess not. But yeah, as I said, they're enjoyable enough. I still enjoy them, still appreciate them. I think we should start talking about our original plot lines. Oh, God. Here we go. Gosh, I can safely say that Maddie D and I have sweated over this one. I know yeah. Maddie D was furiously scribbling seconds before we hit record so, attempting to get all his thoughts out on paper i
0: came in to your house like george mcfly in the first back, back to, to the, the future. future movie with just like scraps of paper and just like an absolute hot mess not knowing yeah what you're gonna talk about it's exactly. been rough and i still don't but yes go on with i danced
1: mean. around with so many concepts and oh, ideas me too it's now, hard. I originally gave one of my ideas to Maddie D. I said, oh, Matt, I have this idea. When I saw him over the weekend, I said, I've got this idea for our Can Lord of the Rings. in we
0: picture, by the way? We're, we're out drinking for a friend's birthday. Yes. and And like, I was just like, had my head in my hand. And I was just like, Kieran, I don't know how I'm going to do this podcast. And you are like,
1: you want my idea, Maddie D? <laughs> yes. So, I gave him one that I, at the time, didn't think I was going to use. Mm. Because at the time, I thought... Wouldn't it be great if I could do a movie set in Hobbiton? Mm. It's like a a lighthearted comedy almost documentary style about Hobbits and the daily lives of Hobbits, sort of akin to What We Do in the Shadows, if you're familiar with that movie or TV show.
0: Okay, so your whole movie was going to be in Hobbiton?
1: In the Shire, yes. Right. Bouncing back and forth between different Hobbit families and the shenanigans that they get up to.
0: That was going to be your spin-off? That was going (laughs) to be my movie idea, but then I realised
1: that's a good five minute concept, but I couldn't spread that out into an entire movie. Yeah, how were you going to make that a movie? But that was my big idea, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I ditched my original idea and Started working on that But then I went No I don't have any ideas So I went back to my original one So Maddie D knows exactly what I'm going to talk about And when I told him my original concept for this idea That I'm about to talk about in detail He laughed folks <laughs> He thought it sounded as stupid as, it's, as, as it probably is But I suppose you'll be the judge of that now as I go into it
0: Yeah you were like You can have my idea Maddie D And I was like No thanks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So, basically, the way that I sold it to Matty D was that... It was Legolas and Gimli out planting trees together after Lord of the Rings.
0: Which I know does happen in the books and in the lore. Does it? Don't they do that? Or at least they spend some time with each other before they ship off I to didn't really, the Grey
1: Havens. Yeah, I didn't really look too much into the actual storyline of after Lord of the Rings. Because okay. I wanted to keep everything as fresh as possible. I just looked at who was around and when they left. So, yes, I do understand so that whole- ultimately Gimli and Legolas do leave together mm. to go to the Grey Havens. I think it is. Or maybe it's yeah. just the undying lands that they go to. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, folks. Sorry, I can't remember every detail from when I was a kid. But this tree concept is ultimately the one that I settled on. Why? (laughs) What what brought you- For lack of a better idea. (laughs) Lack of a better concept. Okay. I couldn't make the comedy movie about hobbits getting excited over pumpkins work,
0: so- (laughs) So I'll say, okay So it's like the Sackville Baggins versus uh, yes. So they, they're being gardeners Why are they doing, okay, I guess you'll go into it I, right. I mean, I could
1: have, maybe if I put some thought into it Come up with a great contest between the Sackville Baggins And the, the, you know, Sam's family Trying to come up with a big pumpkin for the local fair And sabotaging each other or something stupid like that But mm. no, instead I've got the adventures of a, an elf and a dwarf they're Doing great gardening They're a great duo We should get straight into it because I've got a lot to talk about, believe All it or right. not In my head, I basically have a trilogy of movies planned So this first chapter is quite lengthy So this is um, Kieran
0: selling it to potential producers, yes, right?
1: Yes, so I don't have an elevator pitch for it, it's much longer than that So you're basically seeing a script treatment here So get excited, folks So the name of my movie is Legolas and the First Tree You excited? Are you buying a ticket? That's a cute name. I'm interested. And it is the first in a planned spin-off trilogy starring Legolas, or at least focusing on Legolas.
0: Okay, so here's now, your lead.
1: I originally wanted to do the story of young Legolas, so how he learnt to first draw a bow and become the man that he is in the movies, but I believe that that history has already been detailed in other places, so I wasn't going to try and compete with pre-existing material at all and just do entirely new stuff. Smart. Why, well, thank you. It's probably the only compliment you're going to pay me throughout <laughs> this entire thing. Anyway. I'm open-minded, Ken. So, who did I want to direct this movie? Well... Who else are we going to get? Who knows the Lord of the Rings universe better than the man himself, Peter Jackson? Mm. And of course, I don't think fans would warm to an imposter coming in and filling the great shoes.
0: Well, I'm excited. I think this can be a really cool thing, Kieran.
1: Okay, let's get straight into it. Almost in typical Matty D style, the film is going to open with a flashback. Very nice. Narrated by your friend, Kate Blanchett, as is tradition.
0: Mm, Okay. Really? You seem surprised about that. Oh, I'm liking the callback. Yeah,
1: I got her on board, pulled a few strings. Congratulations. I said, I know Matty D, you know, (laughs) your friend. That's right. Yeah, we won't have time to explain that, folks. But anyway, so Kate Blanchett is narrating over the introduction. Say that we lived under a rock and this was our first ever foray into the Lord of the Rings world. So she introduces Legolas, the prince of the woodland realm of northern Mirkwood. And here in flashback, he is played by Zell Steele Moreau. So where do we know him from, Karen? He is a child actor who has appeared in The Punisher, Gotham, and on Broadway in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Okay, cool. So I've never seen him perform in anything. I just looked at a whole bunch of faces of Mm -hmm. child actors and picked out one that looked like Legolas to me. So he just made it through your casting selection. Yeah, that's right. So I cast him based totally on looks rather than talent, which I say is pretty much standard for modern day Hollywood. So if you want to paint a mental image of what young Legolas looks up, look up Zell Steel Moreau. So young Legolas is blindfolded and he's holding a bow and arrow while his father, King Thranduil, is that
0: correct? Don't look at me. Yeah. Um, Thranduil. He, was his I father in The Hobbit? Was, yeah, was that, he, that was. Guy? he was. Um, I don't think it's Thranduil. I think it's something else, but I can't remember. Th- well, that
1: is his father's name, but I'm just, just looking at you as to how to pronounce it. No, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it is when I'm saying. So it's Thranduil, and he is played again by Lee Pace, who we saw before. In The Hobbit, but he also is known for playing Ronan, the Destroyer, in Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, and Captain Marvel. Uh, now, he's watching him from nearby. He's coaching him along and saying things like, You're thinking too much, Legolas. You need to fire before the thought of firing even enters your mind. Because he's a bit of a
0: jerk, right? Like, just a tad. I imagine so. If um, I'd seen the
1: Hobbit movies, I'd presume that.
0: Well, he just is. Just looking at his face. So. He is a little bit. But. So, he's a jerk here as well? Yes, absolutely. Okay. But he's being
1: firm but fair towards coaching Legolas to be the man that he will eventually grow up to be. Right
0: on that skateboard, Legolas.
1: Yes. (laughs) How are you going to take an elephant down like that? The camera pans back at this point to reveal that Legolas is aiming at a crude sack orc. So basically a dummy in the shape of an orc that is miles and miles away. So even blindfolded, it would be almost impossible to hit this target. So he fires at the sack orc, but only grazes the side of its head with the arrow. Thranduil is disappointed. He beats him. But encourages Legolas by saying, you're only young now. But one day, you will take my place as king of the woodland realm. And we're all warmed a little bit. You know. mm. He's a jack, but he means well. And then Thrandil, at this point, shows off by closing his eyes and firing off a killer trick shot of three arrows fired in quick succession. The first arrow decapitating the dummy orc, while the second two pin it to a nearby tree through its drawn-on eyes.
0: So this is a long time ago, I'm guessing, because
1: yes. L's age. This is probably at the start of the third age, if Ooh, I was going to get specific. you! I did a little bit of research, pulling, folks.
0: Pulling this stuff out.
1: We are then, through narration and flashback, briefly brought up to speed on the events of the Great War, as depicted in the Lord of the Rings movies, which brings us to, in quotation marks, modern day. So, this right. is set, if you weren't already aware, after The Lord of the Rings, maybe not too long, maybe 40, 50 years at the most. Now, from what I understand, characters in The Lord of the Rings either their years are shorter or they live way longer than regular people in our day and age live. Mm, yep. So, I think people like Aragorn live up to 200 and something. Well, well he's not a h- normal human. Yeah, I suppose he's half elf, isn't he? Or yeah, well, Legolas, right. an elf. He's a Numenorian never really dies. So the elves can live for ages and ages without ever dying. Same Mm -hmm. with dwarves. From what I understand, they have a really long lifespan as well.
0: Hobbits as well, they lived Apparently in the Apparently
1: nobody, nobody gets old well, in the Lord of the Rings universe. Yeah, yeah, the humans die. So we've got current day Legolas, who's played again by Orlando Bloom. You're bringing him back. He might have a little bit of that dodgy de-aging CGI on his face throughout the course of this film. Okay. And he is working with Treebeard and the other Ents to replant the great forests that were torn down by Saruman during the Great War. We saw that in the first Lord of the Rings movie, I think. Now, unfortunately, the saplings that they plant around Isengard won't grow since the ground has turned sour, whether it's due to years of machines and abuse or possibly from being in close proximity to Sauron's evil through that crystal ball that Saruman had. Yeah. Of course, the logic here being that nothing grows in Mordor for the same reason.
0: But he's dead, or just the exposure is what's killing...
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying that the ground has turned sour. The ground is sour.
0: (laughs) Trees used to grow there.
1: Young trees. Okay, sorry, go on. So, (laughs) of course, Legolas looking for advice. He can't go to Gandalf because Gandalf has left, Mm -hmm. so he goes back to the Mirkwood Kingdom to see his daddy, Thranduil. I'm so glad that I don't have to say his name too much more because he's going to disappear from the plot. Okay. And so Thranduil, so he tells Legolas of one tree to rule them all. What? Of sorts. So the first tree in all of Middle-earth. So you see, when Middle-earth was formed, a mighty tree grew at the center of the lands and all other trees and greenery in the world fell from its branches and leaves. So if you can picture it, a giant tree was the first ever life on Middle Earth, this is complete in imagination. Oh, okay. Here. So this isn't this isn't in the Silmarillion or whatever. <laughs> okay. So this is at the age before any intelligent life exists, or intelligent life as we know it. Everything that dropped from the branches and the leaves of this one original tree formed Middle Earth as we know it.
0: Okay. A little bit different from the creation uh, yeah, mythology.
1: I didn't read into that, but anyway, <laughs> this
0: this is a beautiful.
1: <laughs> vivid bit of imagery and backstory that it could work, would yeah. Make for some great imagery if they do it right. Now, a single seed can be taken from this tree and can be used to regrow a whole forest, even in the stoniest of ground. So, Thranduil suspects that the first tree is currently on the Isle of Alda Amon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. oh, wow. It's not a real island. I made it up. Jesus. Okay. Using <laughs> Elvish words. There you go. You can look <laughs> up into what they mean. <laughs> and whereabouts is this island? And, f- and the island is far from the shores of Middle Earth. So, okay. if you look at the map, Middle Earth is basically <laughs> sea locked. <laughs> right. So, they're just going to have to go a little bit Left. Of the map. (laughs) And it's out there somewhere. We're going to make so many people angry. (laughs) I'm sorry, folks. So Legolas carves a boat from the remains of a fallen tree. Now, mind you, not one that he cut down. This one had already fallen down. Well, you did say fallen. Yes. And he decides that he needs a companion for his journey to the first Who would that be? Of course, he travels to Gimli's new home in the glittering caves within Helm's Deep, which has now been converted to Gimli's... Essentially his own Moria.
0: Okay, so they cleaned it up from all the goblins?
1: No, 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 this is in Helm's Deep. There were no goblins in Helm's Deep. Oh, you're right. By the way, this is Lord of the Rings lore. This is where Gimli lives after Lord of the Rings. I looked it up.
0: That's right, right? He moves to the caverns in Helm's Deep.
1: So here he finds Gimli, played again by John Rhys Davies, but he is older and overweight. He goes, I'm much too old to be adventuring now. Says Gandalf for some reason. What does (laughs) Gimli sound like? I'm much too old to be adventuring now. He claims, and he suggests that his young, 40 years old young, son, Growin, played by uh, Descartes Montgomery... So who's Stranger he Things. He's Billy from Stranger Things Season 2. And he's going to be in Season 3 as well. Isn't look he not up, like a real pretty boy? Yeah, he's an Australian actor. Look him up if you want to miss That's a image. really
0: interesting person in cast as a dwarf.
1: He might have a prosthetic nose on, but essentially he's, so he's following s- Hobbit So he's a suit. Hobbit dwarf. Yeah, of All really right. handsome looking. He's going to be muscle bound. They're going to do special effects to make him look a lot shorter than he actually is like in The Hobbit. But essentially he's going to be a pretty boy dwarf. Right Groin is spelt groin But it's pronounced groin As I just said And he's named after his grandfather That's cute So Gimli's father is groin From from the the Hobbit Hobbit, We got to see him Yes that's right And now Gimli is worried about groin Because he feels that he's not as tough as his old man (laughs) And will make for a weak king Once Gimli steps down from the throne So he sees this adventure That he and Legolas are about to go on As a good opportunity to toughen him up And make him prove himself as a true dwarf
0: Wow there's a little bit of deep psychology there Yes so,
1: Legolas finds Groen in a tavern in a town not too far from Helm's Deep. So, Groen, as I described before, is handsome for a dwarf and cocky, and carries two short hatchets instead of a large battle axe like his father. So cool. So, Legolas finds him shirtless, drunk, and womanizing in this bar.
0: That scallywag! As you can imagine.
1: That old
0: scallywag rogue.
1: When several angry and cuckolded husbands burst into the tavern, Legolas must help out Groen in a hilarious slapstick bar fight.
0: Thanks for introducing cuckolding into our podcast. Yes,
1: you're more than welcome. The next morning, Groen and Legolas are travelling on horseback to the seaside. Mm -hmm. As you'd imagine, Groen is hungover and generally unhappy to be heading out on an adventure rather than womanising. He also thinks that Legolas' quest is stupid, (laughs) quite like Maddie D., (laughs) And would rather be known for slaying a dragon or defeating a dark wizard rather than going to collect seeds from a big tree. Growin will also joke that Legolas would make a terrible pirate. Ha ha ha! Pirates of the Caribbean joke. <laughs> because they're heading out to Legolas's boat at okay. the docks.
0: All right. And what sort of Legolas have we got here? Is he more sort of seasoned? Is he more? Is he less? Pretty naive? much the same as we saw in the other guy? movie. All right.
1: Sure of himself, handsome. If you've seen Legolas before, you you know what you're going to get in this movie. Okay. That's what fans want. That's so, what the ladies want so, when they go and see the
0: Legolas movie. No growth there because he went through a lot I guess Mm.
1: he's no longer young and sprightly would he not be young and sprightly at any point in his life I guess so now I imagine that there's going to be typical as we saw in Lord of the Rings a bit of back and forth between Legolas and in this case Growin. so Growin is going to call Legolas old elf old man old man well he's not a man so old elf I would (laughs) presume I also wrote that, <laughs> that Legolas would also refer to Groen as groin for most of the plot, much to Groen's chagrin.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs>
1: Just because he doesn't like it. <laughs> now they'll head out to sea on Legolas's boat. Groen is still hungover and quickly becomes seasick. Comedy, comedy. Yep. And while at sea, they'll get to know each other a little better, or rather get to dislike each other a little more. And at sea, as you'd imagine, they'll get into a fight with a sea monster who threatens to destroy their boat in the middle of a mighty storm. Mm. Legolas and Groen will have to put aside their differences and work together to kill the sea monster in an impressive CGI sequence.
0: So there, is it just them two together? they got no... Just the two of them. Yep. No, yeah. friends. no friends. No friends.
1: No friends. No one else wanted to come, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> now they finally approach the Isle of Arda Amon, yep. which is recognisable by the giant tree which looms over it. You can just imagine it now. Can you imagine?
0: I can. I'm picturing it now. Big
1: Biggest thing on the whole island is a giant tree with massive branches. Mm. Birds look like tiny little insects flying next to it. It's so huge.
0: And we have a nice little music moment where... Yeah,
1: music swells. Mm. It's wonderful. We hear the giant trees theme, the, the first trees pans
0: theme. a pans in a big landscape shot. Nice. Uh, big it's big very impressive. Shot.
1: You see the boat looks like a tiny pebble. Against the island, it's wonderful. And just as Legolas is recounting the fable of the first tree to an ore stuck growing, we see in the distance that the mighty tree suddenly shutters and topples over.
0: No with a massive crashing boom. Who could be responsible for such a thing?
1: Our heroes arrive at the island to discover that it is overrun by an army of remnant orcs.
0: So how did they get to the Who open?
1: are cutting down the trees. They have their own boats. Okay, sorry. If Groen and Legolas can take a boat over one night to it, then anyone can, presumably. Okay. The remnant orcs are cutting down the trees to use the wood to build up a new orc army, far away from Middle-earth. So, they're okay. not using the trees to make the orc coming. They're using it to make buildings, right. equipment,
0: okay. weapons, weapons yeah. so on
1: and so forth. So, these poor orcs are trying to just restart their civilization. Essentially.
0: and Because
1: presumably man, elves, and dwarves have conquered everywhere that the orcs used to infest in Middle Earth, I'm presuming.
0: Right. So, they're just seeking refuge somewhere else.
1: So, yeah, they've all left. The ones that didn't fall down that massive hole at the end of Return of the King. <laughs> so, it appears that the orcs are in the process of recovering from their losses in the Great War, as I just described. Mm-hmm. And are planning a surprise return. Now we get a little detail about the Orcs. The Orcs are led by their well-spoken leader Grimmich who is played in voice only. I imagine it will be either someone in you know, a prosthetic suit or maybe yeah. a CGI creation, and he's played in voice only by Daniel Radcliffe. Oh,
0: Big okay. name drawing
1: in people, because I imagine he'll do like a Two fantasy a good voice.
0: series, mm.
1: wow. He does Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, lucky yeah. guy. Grimwich is a scrawny orc who rides around on the back of a troll, quite like Master Blaster in Mad Max. <laughs> I love Beyond it. Thunderdome. All right. So alongside Grimwich is his henchman, a tall, slender Urukai called Left Tower. That's spelled L E F T H A U R.
0: In case you're oh. writing notes. Yes.
1: And he is played in voice only by Tom Hiddleston. Another <laughs> big name there. <laughs> there you go. Look, he does Avengers and uh Lord of the Rings. Hey. He's branching out as well. Everyone's in this movie. Damn. They want it to be a hit, folks. Now, unlike your typical uruk Left Tower is smart and nimble and handy with a bow and arrow. So, later we learn that he is bred from an orc-elf combination rather than an orc-man combination. Ooh, I think that's something we that's got wrong cool. in our Return of the King episode in Best Movie Quest. I think I claimed in that episode that urukai were orcs and elves that had been bred together. Turns out that that's not the case. I think you tried to correct me, but I can't remember. <laughs> So Legolas and Groen are quickly captured by the Orc army, and grimwich taunts them and tells them of his plan, or their plan rather, to conquer Middle-Earth while they're at their most vulnerable, and the time of rebuilding after a war. So they figure if they build up their army quick enough, they can attack Middle-Earth while everyone's still in the process of recovering, all the armies have been lessened by the battles, so on and so forth. Grimich also plans to execute Legolas and Groen the following morning in front of the new Orc army in order to rally them to war once more. The Orcs are building a camp under the shadow of the giant stump of what was once the first tree. Just to paint a mental image for everybody there. In the middle of the night, Legolas and Groen are chained up in a prison, but Legolas frees himself and leaves Groen chained up and assures him that his plan will go better without him. So as you'd imagine, Groen isn't very happy about this, and as Legolas slips quietly out of the prison unnoticed, Groen remains behind, hissing insults after him. So
0: our hero leaves his companion behind? That's
1: right, he does. The next morning, Grimwich questions Groen on Legolas's disappearance, but given Groen's genuine resentment towards Legolas, Grimmage comes to the conclusion... That Legolas has fled the Isle as a coward Groin is then paraded around the Orc training grounds in chains, Surrounded by Orcs who throw mud and jeer at him <laughs> Now just as Groin is about to be executed by Grimmich's troll Who as you'd imagine carries around a giant axe Growing shackles are broken by a well-placed arrow. Everyone looks up at the top of the stump of the Uh, once mighty first tree, where we see our hero, Legolas, who presses a growing seed onto the tip of his arrowhead. He fires the seeded arrow directly into the body of Grimmage's troll, who, after a few moments, sprouts... Huge vines out of his body, ensnaring nearby orcs and destroying the camp structures. The orcs flee for their boats in terror. So you can imagine this huge growth bursting out of the troll and spreading out everywhere quickly. The vines rapidly expand into branches of a giant tree, and in the chaos, grow in fights with Grimwich while Legolas fights with Left Tower. The elf, the, the Uruk-ai. elf Uruk-ai.
0: So they get to compare their That's bow right.
1: skills. So Left Tower is an even match for Legolas, as he can fire arrows that collide with Legolas's arrows midair.
0: So I'm imagining a lot of cool stuff, a yes. lot of impressive
1: moves. Doing a lot of matrix flips and dodges to get around arrows.
0: There's got to be one spectacular Legolas thing in every movie, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I think this whole movie is a spectacular Legolas thing. It might wear a little thin. Almost like having a whole movie dedicated to Han Solo or something like that. Yeah. Grimwich is eventually injured by Groin, but ultimately escapes with the rest of the orcs. Legolas ends up with his feet entangled in vines, and Leftower moves in for the kill. But he is stopped by Groen, who drops down on him for a great height. So he scrambles up the tree as it's growing. Groen climbs up it as it's growing. Hey, hey, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then plops down on top of him. And this gives Legolas enough time to get free of the vines and kill Leftower before Leftower can in turn kill Groen. Hooray! If you can imagine, Leftower would have Groen on the ground approaches him with a dagger or maybe points the bow and arrow point blank in his face but then an arrow will slice through the back of his face and he's dead as we saw in this dramatic scene a new tree has taken the place of the first tree it in no time at all erupted forth and grew just as big as the old one bearing fruit and leaves instantly and the island has once again returned to how it was Legolas plucks a single fruit from the tree with the intention of using one of its seeds to regrow the forests in Middle-earth. And he might use that fruit again in a sequel. I haven't planned anything, but anyway, that's why I put it in there. Planting the seeds, as we say, for plot points in the future. He and Groen set out to sea on their boat again to return home. Now, in the final scene, we see Grimmich recently stitched up from his battle injuries. Uh, He's arriving in a mysterious dark tower. And in the dark tower, he speaks to a mysterious figure. I think I used mysterious a few too many times in this paragraph. Who appears to be the mastermind behind this whole scheme. And this mysterious figure, Mystery Man, is in fact revealed to be a dark elf. Played Ooh. by James McAvoy, as you can imagine, Ooh. sporting the typical Lord of the Rings elf style, but instead of blonde hair slash white hair, he's got black hair.
0: Oh, then he's a definite. And he's bad wearing guy.
1: a black outfit, and he has somehow we don't know how in this movie he has assembled four of the five rings of power. He has them on a little platter next to himself. Okay, and he's left looking evilly into the camera <laughs> as they zoom into the rings, and we fade out to
0: the end credits. Wow. Here we go. There you go. So it's setting up for a, a sequel, a full trilogy, maybe in, in, an infinity gauntlet of sorts.
1: So, obviously, I'm never going to write the sequel, and we're not going to cover a future episode where we talk about the sequel. But obviously, in my head, I imagine that this Dark Elf, James McAvoy Dark Elf, is essentially going to become the next Dark Lord. He's going to obtain the Dark Lord's powers by uh, wearing the five rings of man at the same time. Mm. I suppose that would give him the powers of all the ring wraiths at the same time. He's going to put on armor, yep. become the next Dark Lord, and he's going to create an army of Urukai elves. Quite like, what was his name? Left Tower. So they're like in super one. elves. So while super there was one really kind of strong thing. one in this movie, there's going to be a full army of them in the future. So there yes. you go.
0: That yeah. is my
1: Lord of the Rings spin-off plot.
0: Well, you got a lot out of Gimli and Legolas planting trees. Mm, yeah, was... Gimli wasn't even in it. Yeah, exactly. You got a lot out of tree planting. Yes. Well done. Can I add something to your plot there? You may. So one of the big things about uh, Lord of the Rings is that the ants are looking for their ant wives. Ants ants. The ants are looking for their ant wives. I always call them ants, but you okay. know it's with an E, I know that. A friend of mine has this theory that the ant wives are actually with Tom Bombadil, and they're those trees that what, capture it's like them. What, as like a harem? You know the trees that capture them in Oh, yeah, yeah, they sucked them in. Yeah. He has a theory yeah. that those are connected and the ants are always trying to find their ant wives and something Tolkien never, ever goes back to or alludes to or answers that question. It's the one thing that's left as a mystery. So you could imagine if you had that aspect in your plot because I guess the, the answer in there. They can be in the sequel. Okay. They cool. can be in movie Thank two you. or three. Yeah, there you go. Just I'm wanted sure to add they'll be
1: padding out. We can do whatever we want. Maybe yeah, do. whatever.
0: And if you did do a Hobbit documentary or a Hobbit movie, you could have Saruman come back and do the whole takeover of the Hobbit. Yeah, thing. I did
1: consider that. Oh, you did? I did consider that, but no, I just thought, no, it's not a strong enough idea. Yeah, fair I enough. Another stick with Legolas. Fair enough. I'm very excited to hear your plot now, Maddie D.
0: Oh, well, as am I, Kieran, to be <laughs> honest with you. So, I've had a bit of a journey. You're excited here. about how it pans out as well? Yeah, because I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I've had an interesting journey. So, I, when I first an conceived... An unexpected journey. An unexpected journey, yeah. When I first conceived this idea, what I initially thought of... Was like, would it be interesting if we had a story about um, Sauron, right? And and his backstory and how he became... I
1: thought about that as the well. The Dark Lord. I wanted to do a movie about Melkor, you know, that character?
0: Yeah, so, you know, and I've even written it down. It would start with the, the original mythology, how you know, the vibrations and, and a song created the world, how Sauron... What, you mean it didn't fall from a tree? Unfortunately not. I mean, it is, it, you know, you can rewrite Middle-earth, why not? Um, how he um, aligned himself with Morgoth, um, all that stuff that happens, the Great War with the elves, and then leaning right up to him resurfacing as a necromancer and him um, manipulating Saruman. And I was like, that that would be such a... good. Oh, <clears throat> I'll have to take your word for it mm. That would be such a good movie You know It'd be so interesting And I thought You know Funnily enough I thought Tom Hiddleston Would be a good Sauron Because he sort of Presents oh. himself As um, To the elves As a very attractive he's a good villain Alluring He's very elfish as well Yeah A very alluring Presence And I was like That could be good You could play him As, the, as Sauron And then you could have him All armoured up When he's being You know yeah. Typical Sauron But then when I thought about it I was like They did kind of go into that in a video game that was Shadows of Mordor. Oh, really? And that covered that, not all of it, but they covered that aspect of it pretty well. Um, And I don't think, I think that a lot of the cosmic stuff that happens pre our time period is better left as generic stories. I don't think focusing on the gods, I couldn't imagine it being done anyway, other than super, super cheesy and just like... It just wouldn't work visually. And I also don't know who would be your hero in this, unless it's no. the story of Sauron's I was gonna say,
1: fall. But Yeah, there villain was, stories generally don't tend to work, mm, especially know, in mainstream Hollywood.
0: I know Tolkien told a, had a story about a an elf uh, woman and a, and a human man, and apologies for diehard fans, that I can't recall their name. I think it starts with a B and an L. Um, that they're in that story as well, and but... Yeah, it, it would be a it would be a story that spans over a period of time. So that was my initial thought, and then I was kind of like, well, I can't really see that going well. And and it's already, as you said, it's already been covered in the Silmarillion su- such works. And I was like, I was I
1: joking. I don't know what the Silmarillion's about.
0: I I don't know if I could do it justice. Because I don't know that I'd ever read that book. So I sort of was like, well, I'll leave that alone because I'll either get stuff wrong and don't do it, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And also it sort of feels more like a prequel anyway. And that's kind of against the theme. And then I was like, oh, great idea, right? We tell the story about Aragorn hunting Gollum. That's really cool, right? You have Har- Aragorn, uh, Gandalf telling Aragorn, you know, go, we got, we got to find Gollum and get the one ring. According to my research, mm. it was Legolas's father who really? captured
1: Gollum. Oh. Well you could play into that. Um But as, as we found from my plot, you don't have to be yeah. law accurate. But then you know
0: what I found out? What's that? It already exists. It's a it's a movie. It's apparently a short film. Really? Yeah. So I had what, this, like a legit one or yeah, a fan well, one? It's a, it's a British one. I don't know if it's attached to anything, but it, it exists. Because I do think they're making the TV show start at that point. So it's going to be... I had be, no
1: idea that there was a TV show, folks.
0: Yeah, well, there's been talks about it. I, I, I'm pretty sure it starts with Aragorn hunting Gollum with Gandalf. And I was like, damn it, it could work because you know your antagonist would be the ring race. So there goes my two things, right? Yeah. So I'm out. So I kept thinking, I was like, if I don't want to follow the... What's something that's written? I also thought about doing like a, to- a Tolkien, him, his person, like his life. They're making a movie about that as well. Yes, I was they like, are. No, that's a TV show, isn't it? I thought it was a movie. Well, I think it's a TV show. I don't really know. But I was like, that'd be cool. It'd be, it, Tolkien's life would be interesting, but that's already a movie. Yes. So you see that all my- That's technically an
1: adaptation rather than a spin-off.
0: That's true too. All my ideas are getting cut, right? But I've always been fascinated with two characters in the Lord of the Rings universe. Mm. The reason I've always been fascinated with them- Yes, her. But, um, no, two different characters. The reason I've been fascinated is because nothing is ever known about them. They get referenced very sparingly. They get referenced once or twice in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings.
1: Sparingly or sparsely. Not sparingly.
0: They get referenced very little in both The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And you never know anything about them, really. And they are the two wizards. I thought you were going to say the two hobbits, Merry and (laughs) Pippin. The two blue wizards. So... What I thought was cool, what I thought would be a cool idea and it would sort of unshackle me from um, having to follow or know a lot about the story in mythology is telling the story of the two blue wizards whose names oh, change. Um, they do change depending on where you read them. But the ones I got were Alta, and... Paladino <laughs> Palladino is his name.
1: Alta and Paladino. Why do they sound like two members of an Italian circus? Because
0: they are in my plot. Oh really? No. Oh. I got really excited for a second so here there. Here we looks. go. Strap yourself in, kiddies. Mm, let me get comfortable. Right. Alright, cool. Because I'm not even finished with this prediction. Ooh. So who knows where sorry, this plot. Jesus, the one time I have to say plot instead of prediction and mm. then mess it up. Same thing. Mm. So, here we go So, here is what how this movie is going to start off It's going to start off in the Shire The lovely Shire oh. Of course, that oh, magical score Sorry And we're going to see This doesn't make sense now that I think about it <laughs> <laughs> Already, it's not good Um, No, it can It can it can make sense. All right, so it's going to start off with Gandalf sitting on the front porch of Bag End, smoking a pipe. Yeah, it's going to start with uh, Gandalf st- st- starring Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's Gandalf mm. rolling into the Shire. He is going to be attacked in quotation marks by a young Hobbit, quite similar to how we, you know, saw the first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, it's going to be a young Even little Frodo, Hobbit, right? Uh, it's not going to be. Fr- it's I'm not gonna be saying Frodo. in your one that is. I'm saying, yeah, was, like in Frodo. He like was approached by Frodo. Yeah, you know how you know how Frodo jumps on the, yes, on his stagecoach yes. and, and whatnot. So you, we get a very reminiscent scene. Um, this young Hobbit is, you know, and we get all the stares from all the other Hobbits who disapprove. But we, this young Hobbit wants to know stories about, you Hobbit know, that young shouldn't be hanging out with an old man. <laughs> about about Gandalf's, you know. Travels and and what he's been up to, and he's he's telling all these wonderful stories, and then the young Hobbit will be like, "How many wizards are there?" And Gandalf will say, "Well, there's five. There's me, you know, Gandalf. The Grey. Saruman. Oh, wait, he's dead. Saruman. Radagast. Oh, Saruman. Radagastor.
1: I think he's dead. Too. Well, it
0: would be well, Saruman would be so. Gandalf would be quote like kind of dead or at the Grey Havens at this stage. Well, maybe it's just before he goes to the Grey Havens, so maybe he's still Gandalf the White. It we'll, could be an older story. We'll go with it. Um. So he's saying to this young hobbit, you know, there was Saruman the White, we all know what happened to him. Uh we, we all know, know what happened to that we know old Pooh Hair Fradigask. <laughs> poo <hair. laughs> and then he mentions these two blue wizards and the young hobbit goes Who were they? And Ian Kellen with his great acting, like looks kinda distantly in the camera, he kinda looks kinda sad. He's just he just sort of says, Oh, they were they were just two wizards I used to know, and then later on, he's at the Shire, maybe hanging out with Samwise, maybe hanging out with Frodo if he's still here, maybe Merry Pippin, and he's sitting outside and he's he gets his old pipe weed presumably out, presumably a lot older looking, and he inhales hobbits. Well, you know, Samwise Ganji is the governor of the Shire at this point, so he smokes, he breathes in his little pipe, and he sadly. Lucky you're painting a picture here. Blows nice. uh blows out <laughs> he the smoke. Sadly
1: blows <laughs> out the smoke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's reminiscent and he's Okay. Sorry. And, and and we get a sort of picture of these two wizards in smoke drifting off. Mm. This is where the movie will start. Billowing beards, like billowing smoke. Very, it will very nice. It will roll back in time to Gandalf riding in to what is then um what was Saruman's place called?
1: Um, Isengard.
0: Isengard. He's rolling into Isengard. He's Gandalf the Grey now. We remember old Gandalf the Grey. Oh, so he's Gandalf the White at the start of your one. Yeah, sure. Okay. makes It makes sense chronologically. It can be before he goes to the Grey Havens. Okay. Um, and so he rolls in. He originally was Gandalf the Grey in my plot, but it doesn't really make sense for mm-hmm. where I'm going okay. with this. I so. trust you. So Gandalf the Grey rolls in, he looks sort of honestly at Isengard and he sort of enters, he's, he's greeted by Saruman. Now, I know what you're saying, Kieran. Hello. Don't you look at Grand me and North. say, but Matty D. Oh, any excuse
1: to have Saruman in the movie, I'm happy. He's my Chris- favourite character.
0: Christopher Lee. He's dead. He's no longer with us. And that goes I know. against the rules of what we established last exactly, time. Exactly, it does. But I have always thought that a good... Christopher Lee uh, he has the same sort of presence as Christopher Lee he's an is an actor Charles Dance he kind of reminds me a oh, lot of Christopher yeah. Lee so good. originally one of my ideas was doing a, a Saruman younger Saruman plot and I was like Charles Dance <laughs> would slightly be- younger at least slightly longer, yeah, before the events, like he's fallen to corruption. I was like, Charles Dance would be perfect as it. And this was just an opportunity for me to bring Charles Dance to Saruman. So I'm just I'm gonna, pleased. I'm gonna do that. So Saruman's there, Radagask is there. Maybe we don't really see a lot of him. He's maybe in the back of his he's head. He's dumpster diving. Yeah. <laughs> he's like talking to the birds. And this is the Council of the Wizards, and here we'll meet our two blue wizards. We have Paladino, and I'm gonna pronounce it differently each time, listeners. So Palado Domingo. He's gonna be played by Jonathan. Price. Oh, mm.
1: another Game of Thrones alumni, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, another
1: Pirates of the Caribbean alumni. Exactly. Yep. He played yep. Governor Swan,
0: and then we'll also have Altair, who is played. I either want John Hurt or I want Patrick Stewart. Well, John Hurt's dead, so you can't use him. He is, isn't he? Yep. Patrick Stewart Patrick Stewart it is Oh I can't wait Ian McKellen Patrick Stewart Back again That puts another Together again Yeah That puts a nice Little spin on there Our director for this movie I feel like it's going to be Peter Jackson Mm -hmm. If not I will take Miguel Sp Nick, no, sorry, Mikel, I mispronounced your name, but he's a Game of Thrones director. Oh, I liked okay. I liked a certain episode I he had did. No idea who but you were we'll say about. we'll say it's Peter Jackson. So they're they're in the White Council, they're they're speaking about what is happening, and it is Gandalf who's breaking the news that they think the necromancer that they found in Mirkwood is Sauron, that Sauron is rebuilding his forces, that the threat of Middle Earth is in grave peril, and what are we going to do? This is before they know that the one ring is out there. So is this pre
1: Hobbit or after Hobbit?
0: Uh, it's got to be pre Hobbit, hasn't it? If it's following the movie chronologically, it's got to be it's got to be around either around the same time or just after, because that's when they find out that Sauron don't is they fight alive. Sauron
1: in the Hobbit at one stage? They do, yeah, they okay. do.
0: But that's when they find out it is Sauron. Okay, so we'll say a little bit after that, right? And we might have Cate Blanchett playing her role there as well. She'll be there. So these five wizards sit down and they discuss what's going to happen. Charles Dance has Sauron, he kind of sort of says. There's not much we can do, you know. We should just like focus on ourselves. We should uh, we should try to seek out. We he's, should he's see who bit- has the deepest voice. He, he sort of he sort of sketches out little things. Maybe he was like, "Look, we're we a drawing of a duck." We don't <laughs> we don't know anything right now, so let's not draw to any conclusions. Gandalf is very much like worried about this. He says we should do more research about what might happen. Saruman is. Oh, I don't think anything will happen. So there's much discussion back and forth. Altair and Palando tell Gandalf that well, obviously Saruman they think he's a good guy at this stage he's got this realm covered Radagast has the woodland realm and even, sorry, the animal realm covered and even though he's, you know, a wizard, he's more concerned with that anyway. They say that they, like in law need to head out east to find allies to help the west when this war comes to a head. Gandalf agrees. So they make an agreement. Gandalf's going to look after the western part of Middle-earth and the two blue wizards are going to go out east. The cowboy east. part. The cowboy part, <laughs> yes. So that's how they go. So to break down these characters, I see Palando as more like a Gandalf the Grey-style character. Like he's... He's going to be like more plucky, well, he's bumbling. Patrick
1: Stewart, isn't he?
0: No, he is oh, Jonathan Price. Oh, okay. Jonathan Price, sorry. So he's going to be more more kind of like lovable and more like your bumbling wizard. And Altair's going to be more of your serious wizard. So the Patrick Stewart, stern guy, but still lovable, but it'll just make an interesting dynamic there. Yes. Like one of them is like straight laced and the other one's like bumbling and he pulls him out of trouble. you got to make the two different so they travel east I'm gonna say that it doesn't take long before they get captured
1: page turning
0: (laughs) let's turn another page it doesn't take long for them to get captured by a warring easterling tribe now in my what are these men or orcs well in uh, they're they're a special breed of men they're called the rune I believe they're in the Lord of the Rings movie you'll notice them as they ride on elephants that's who they are Um, you also see men
1: of Mordor Mm,
0: you also see Frodo see Want. they look
1: like Mad Max characters.
0: Yeah, as a woman who's like got a shield on, she's one of them. Typically they're sort of presumed to be sort of like African tribes and this Middle Earth will... version of Africa. Yeah, sure. exactly. And this movie will definitely play into it, but it won't be racially African charged cuz okay. you know, you can't get away with that. I don't feel. No. They're going to get captured. They're in out of their head and they're going to get saved by a character who will be played by Tom Hardy. Yeah, Ooh. we'll bring him in. You know,
1: I was going to have Tom Hardy in my plot, but I was like, no, he doesn't fit anywhere. So,
0: Well, he's going to be a Gondorian soldier mm. that, for whatever reason, will have a tragic backstory for him. He's been shunned from the West and he's ran to the East. He's sort of seek solace out here, out in, the, out in the East, away from all the troubles because he's sort been... Sort of a
1: bit like the Riders of Rowan. Yeah. How they were forced out of their village.
0: Yeah, sure. But in a more extreme sense and just Mm. one man solo. He's been living in this land, very Aragon-esque, and he's like, I'll be your guide. So we have a a young studly... A ranger. Badass ranger, yeah. Exactly. So he's going to be the guide. So he introduces them to a village of people who are living in hiding There the good Eastlings, right? There are all these lovely little children and there's a policeman, an um, Indian
1: (laughs) construction worker.
0: And I think we're going to be introduced by the leader of this village, who because she's in everything Is played by uh, Tessa Thompson Oh of course Tessa Thomas Is it Tessa Thomas Or Tessa Thompson Tessa
1: Thompson So it's played by Tessa Thompson Valkyrie from yep. Thor Ragnarok Because she's in every and movie And M from Men in Black yeah. International
0: Because she's in every movie This year so she's got to be In this one.
1: Oh, it's coming out this year Is it Wow they're working On that fast
0: <laughs> Yep I, I don't think be. it
1: has to Come out this year maybe Well it.
0: okay but You know Next she's, couple of years maybe She's in everything So she's going to be in this And she's like well, Your warrior leader Who like looks after everybody After she won the Academy Award for Men in Black International. You couldn't stop her from being in movies. Yeah. Altea wants to move on with his mission. I'm going to call him pal. <laughs> pal. What? <laughs> Palindo really gets involved with the people. He starts teaching them magic. And they eventually, within the two wizards, Palando convinces Altair to teach these guys how to use magic. And they eventually win against a opposing force, a bad guy force.
1: So, the ranger and Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm.
0: As well as the, wi- the wizards, as well as the village that they look after. Okay, They're warriors of that village. They teach them how to make fire out of pine cones. And that is what gives them the level up to defeat this. So, what
1: it turns into... Like the Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai. How so? So Seven Samurai is... Uh, or The Magnificent Seven, if you prefer that version. So it's a group of traveling, either samurai mm-hmm. or cowboys who go into a town who are being harassed by a bad gang. Yeah. And they help yeah. the gang develop and overcome the bandits so. who are I coming so. to the town. But
0: I see this town as living underground almost. It's probably
1: one of the most commonly reused plot lines in Hollywood yeah. history.
0: Well, sure. So that happens. They win. Um, Matty
1: D, if I saw that, you know, Lord of the Rings movie, I would be furious. Why? I'd be like, this plot... I- again i'm so sick of seeing that plot well it sets it up because but maybe yours is just so well done that you don't even notice it's an homage so
0: it leads to that everyone's happy because the the reason i put this in there is because in tolkien himself said that he sees the two wizards going to the east and teaching people magic and almost forming magical cults so you've got to shoehorn that in there in some like chicken run
1: instead of teaching them to
0: fly (laughs) teaching them magic (laughs) And I don't see like how else you could do it unless in such a short amount of time unless they had to learn to give themselves right. a leg up, give some drama, whatever. So, one of the bad the bad tribes, the bad warriors, they run away and they run to a castle, mm-hmm. a big castle. And they report to... No shortage
1: of those in Middle-earth. So, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And report to a very important figure. Now, this figure will be, and I'm going to butcher their name, Karamul, who is one of the ringwraiths who... Karamul? At this... <laughs> K-H-A-M-U-L. Especially delicious when dipped in charamu. Caramel. caramel. He's, sure. one of the, he's one of the ring race, So I'm going to say he resides in this place. Okay. And he's essentially building part. building a force up in the east for Sauron. And he's our main antagonist. Anyway. The caramel Chew. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So this person tells him that there are two wizards causing trouble. This messenger. Yep. And he'll be like, oh. He'll like claw off Inspector Gadget up. He'll be like, damn them. I'll get you. Altair. And this will be the main part of the movie. <laughs> this is where my notes stop, as you can tell. What? Um. There were notes up until this point? <laughs> Barely. And the rest of the movie is our heroes trying to unite certain tribes because they're going to try to rally up forces for the side of good. They're going to try to win the East to then help the West. And they're kind of going to different points and trying to do things for these tribes and whatnot. Eventually, it comes into a big battle with the Ringwraiths' forces against every force the wizard can muster up. Big, epic fight scene. It's really beautiful. It's really heartwarming.
1: So it basically leads to a huge war. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of... yeah, Two exactly. Towers Return of the King. Exactly. Okay.
0: And I see uh Idris Elba being one of the main war chiefs that is an antagonist there. Oh, and- he's a bad guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? I actually would like to see he's the brother of Tessa Thompson. Okay. Mm. Mm. So, they're actually, she's actually an heir to the throne. So, there's a little bit of a rivalry there.
1: They're both also from Asgard.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, don't you remember? He was
1: He was. Oh, in- yeah, they are too. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I was ball. like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, so maybe there's like a power struggle there. Anyway, big fight scene. Tessa Thompson gets killed by mm. Selba. The forces get overrun. Some forces from the west, some orcs and stuff come out. They completely decimate the the Easterling forces. Maybe some of our good guy Easterlings betray our heroes out of fear because they're going to lose anyway and join the side of Sauron in this ringwraith. And they all completely get destroyed. And it is the two wizards, beaten, battered, trying to see hope in a hopeless environment. And they look at each other as... Nothing. They lose. What? They get killed? Yeah. Wow. What a heartwarming ending. Mm. But it sets it up for the following movie. Maybe they say so something to Sort of to like each other.
1: a spoilers for Rogue One, Rogue mm. One ending where mm. just everyone is killed off and it's ultimately a loss, but it sets up a future victory
0: mm. for our heroes That's in another right. movie. Well, I originally thought it'd be cool if they got shipped to Mordor where they faced Sauron and they got to see the Sauron's forces as they were, but I don't think it makes much sense for them to do that so far out so, so it's say... a great
1: heartwarming epic movie where they work a lot and then ultimately don't achieve
0: anything in the end yeah but the movie is going to be about the friendship between the two wizards who are initially are very opposite but they grow to love each other it'll be a tragedy yeah
1: I'm sure the way that you film it or direct Peter Jackson to film it it will be a tearjerker
0: yeah exactly hmm Well, there you go. Is that all you have to say on that one? That's all I have to say about it. there you go. What do you think? Give me some feedback. If
1: I was a producer and you were pitching it to me, I'd say that it's an interesting concept, but it might need a bit more work. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. I'd suggest going and sitting down with a writer to flesh it out. But you know, (laughs) who am I to judge? (laughs) Yeah, I could actually see them doing that. If I'm perfectly honest, I could see them going in that direction. Uh, I don't know.
0: Christopher Tolkien won't let them touch it. I don't think.
1: No, probably not. Well, I could see them exploring something that could be part of the more so than the
0: Legolas groin adventures. <laughs> Sorry, growing. So out of all the characters in Lord of the Rings, out of all the possibilities, we decided to tell a story about two old wizards going to the east and two known characters planting trees. Yeah. Well,
1: not growing. He's brand
0: new. Oh yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, at this point, I'd typically say if you have your own idea for what's going to happen in a future Lord of the Rings spin-off. Please let us know, but I don't imagine there will be one, but mm, I won't speak too soon.
0: Let us know if you have any ideas that can add on to our ideas. Yeah, sure.
1: How would you expand on Matty D's idea, or how would you improve my idea? Or is there a better idea somewhere? Yeah, exactly. So, please let us know if you have one at our Facebook page, Potential Spoilers Podcast. Pretty easy to find using the search bar up the top there. Otherwise, we've got an email address. If you're not on Facebook, it's PotentialSpoilersPod, all one word, at gmail.com. We should probably let everyone know what we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah, that's. Now, we weren't originally planning to talk about this movie at all. It only came on my radar when the trailer came out. But this is the upcoming Dora the Explorer movie, mm. known only as Dora and the City of Gold.
0: Yes, how exciting Mm -hmm.
1: You could almost trick people who weren't familiar with the Dora the Explorer TV show That it's just a standalone movie If you have a theory of what's going to happen in that movie Please let us know, the trailer is already available to watch So you can get an impression of what it's going to be like from that Otherwise let us know how we went with our Lord of the Rings spin-off ideas If you've got a better idea, I'd love to hear it I would really love to hear it Yes. But thank you for joining us for another episode
0: We'll see you next week And we'll catch you then
1: What is this horrid creature, a goblin mutant?
0: That's my wee lad, Gimli.